Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This... <laughs> All right. Sorry, so I we... forgot to finish it. <laughs> That's fine. You said you were going to eat the licorice, and then I didn't give you time to finish no. the licorice. So I feel like we're equally at fault I was here. I was slow in my licorice consumption. It's fine. Uh, this week on Shelf Aware, we read the last book in our uh, current literary submitted unit on MM Paranormal Romance, which was submitted to us by Kate over from the uh, It's Not Pups and Pop Culture All the anymore. Good Dogs. I want to say that. All the Good Dogs. <laughs> um, the All the Good Dogs podcast, who suggested that we look into MM Paranormal, which we did. We have. We're on book three. It's Wittershins by Jordan L. Hawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna, what'd you think of this book? I enjoyed this one. I'm always here for a dark academia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, throw in some demons, some cult stuff, like yes, yeah, some love right craft, up my alley. which I wasn't expecting. Yes, um, I think like I was a little bit frustrated with some of the characters, but other than mm. that, like it's a historical romance, paranormal. Checked a lot of boxes. What about you? I, I agreed. I think I like this one best out of the three that we read for this unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... Distinct lack of Rumpelstiltskin, though. It's just, I mean, there was no Rumpelstiltskin hair and nails or whatever Scalp, the yeah. Um, scalp. Because <laughs> it's weird. It's um, weird. I had a couple issues with it in terms of, like, um, just, not even really issues. Like, it was, I wasn't like, oh, this is wrong and bad. It was more just like, this isn't how I would prefer uh, mm. this subject to be handled or whatever. Uh, specifically, I generally prefer when reading stuff that's pitched as a romance. And this might be just due to the fact that we're reading it for this unit. I don't know that this necessarily would be pitched as strictly romance because it is fairly plot heavy compared yes. to some of the other MM romances that I've read the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like um, personally when I want to read a romance, I don't want it to, in- especially a queer romance, I don't want it to engage too much in like realistic concerns of homophobia. And yeah, I was, I also, did have that. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's like a fantasy. Yeah, I was like- kind of like, oh man, do we have to do this? But I get that like, Again, it, this was a Lovecraft uh, book, so I mean, I get that that's that whole genre is usually set in like real world, but there's secretly, mm-hmm. you know, this paranormal stuff going on. Yeah. So you know, there's like the impulse to try to keep it as realistic as possible. So I do get that, and I I understand why it was in this book. It just wasn't my preference. Yeah, yeah. Like not to downplay it all. Like these were very real things that really did happen, and were real concerns for people. But um, I feel like as someone who is fairly knowledgeable about the topic and um I don't know it was just kind of a bummer yeah exactly and I'm like I'm here for the <laughs> romance escapism. I didn't wanna, yeah yeah I didn't want the sets up I'm totally fine with like dealing with that in stuff that I'm not reading put it in the, the literary romance. fiction right and I, again I don't know that like I think this book covers a lot of genres so I think that you know like if I had read this expecting it just as like paranormal I would have been yes. like, more fine with it yeah but because I was reading it as part of a romance unit i was like oh man do we have to um <laughs> but i i like the plot i like the characters i thought you know all that was good and yeah. um I, I think it was a pretty good example of the genre yeah yeah and i, I think this is like an 11 book series at least mm-hmm. as of right now so i'm like how are they dealing with that like is it a secret relationship or an entire 11 books like 
I don't know. I feel like um, I might continue reading this series. I might too. But I feel like it might be one of those situations where kind of as the series goes along, more people get brought into the secret, both of the paranormal stuff and the gay stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Because I, I can't imagine that everybody's just like still on the DL 11 books in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a very difficult secret. And again, something people have done. Like, this is not, I'm not saying, like, oh, it's impossible. They never could have, like, I'm just yeah. saying, like, to, to read about that, I guess. Like, where the where the big issue of the romance is we have to keep it a secret or else we're going to be arrested. Um, and I feel like the way that most uh, gay historicals I've read deal with that, if it is more of a long-running series or one where they don't want to engage with the homophobia aspect so much, is more kind of being, like, oh, yeah, it's a law, but, like, it doesn't really get enforced unless, you know, like, something presses the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like that sort of, oh, everybody knows, but nobody's going to say it sort of thing, Um, which, again, has issues. But, like, I feel like that might be the direction that this book series goes after 11 books of just, like, you know, everybody knows sort of the the, – aunt who's the friend of your aunt right yeah like everybody knows but nobody says it right like <laughs> a trope that is in real life hopefully continuing to be on the way out but uh yeah realistic for the time period mm-hmm. um okay so i know you read a lot of books uh yeah. pertaining to the subject matters i want to just i want to just talk about mine real quick since it's okay, just the one um i, I kind of told you about this before we started recording M, but like my brain is like why do now when can start in new year mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. means nothing we are recording this uh just shy of january 1st um and i can't i can no longer be productive in the year 2021 so <laughs> i read one book <laughs> um the necromancer's dance by sj himes i believe um and it is the first book in a series about a um, a guy who's, he's a necromancer and, um, he's like one of the last people, his whole family was slaughtered by vampires. Um, mm. and then he like falls in love with a vampire. Classic. And, uh, he's also like a teacher, but he doesn't teach the vampire, but he is a teacher. I don't know. I really liked it. It was good. There was like a whole, um, murder mystery of like a rogue vampire in town and people close to the main character, like getting killed and like you know old old stuff drudged up from his past or whatever it was good I really um liked kind of the hierarchy of the magic users and um like we got a little bit into the vampire politics and stuff so I think it was a good beginning um I'm also I'm kind of having this issue that I'm realizing is completely like my own personal like um unconscious bias of like when I read a paranormal romance or something that would be like embarrassed to say I read you know to to Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. anybody I tend to rate it lower on Goodreads Mm -hmm. like even though I did enjoy reading it so like my first instinct was like it was just okay give it a three stars but I like really I sat down and read it almost in one sitting so like I did bump it up to a four stars but I was like man I gotta stop doing that I don't know if that's just a me thing but I think I think that makes sense especially on Goodreads where like there are people who follow you and whatever who you know and there's kind of that like fear of being like seen as uh, silly or unserious with your books, right? Right, yeah. Um, yeah, like what image am I trying to protect? Because I get that too. But then also I read 14 <laughs> paranormal romances in the last few weeks, so Amazing. I was kind of like, everybody's about to see my shit all over Oh Goodreads. my God, that is one um, a day, Em, that's incredible. It's been 
It's been a long road getting from there to here. Um, <laughs> Let's hear about it. Okay, I've read them all. I've read, uh, again, huge thank you to Kate because she sent me a list of just a shit ton of um, books, not necessarily that she recommended, but that had like, um, I think it was in a Facebook group that she's a part of that has uh, had like high recommendations in that. Um, so she helped me out by kind of uh, getting me a starting place to start here. And I basically just read all the ones that I could get on Kindle Unlimited. Um, there were a few I didn't quite get to, but I did get through 14 of them. Uh, Amazing. I don't think I'm going to list them all because some of them I definitely don't think I would recommend. But if you ever um, find M's Goodreads account, then you know her thoughts. My Goodreads, you can see the whole uh, dirty dozen plus two. <laughs> I feel like I've got a, a more firm grasp on the genre, um, especially because I think, like I said, this was a list that was sent to me from like a list curated from a group, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Whereas usually when I pick out books uh, in the romance genre specifically, like there are authors that I trust mm-hmm. to handle stuff For and sure. to not be shitheads. Um, and I didn't have that this time. So it, there were a couple that I was like, oh, there is some weird age gap dynamics here that I'm not entirely comfortable with. We did discuss this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he's Still a ghost don't know who where eternally I looks 19. So, but it's fine because he's been around for 100 years. But like, he does look 19 and they are going to kind of fetishize that. Um, Yikes. It was it was interesting to kind of uh, read outside my comfort zone without like Ooh. authors that I trusted necessarily. Um, yes. But... There were uh, a few that I think either I really liked or I was like, eh, this might not be exactly for me, but um, if you are interested in this genre, this might be one to check out. Um, I really liked Lord of Eternal Night uh, by Ben Alderson. Uh, Yeah, so it's like a Beauty and the Beast sort of uh, retelling where it's like a vampire and a witch. They don't call him a vampire, but he's basically a vampire. Um, Also, it has a pretty, like, not to spoil it, but an ending that was not what I expected in terms of, like, the path that these characters take. Okay. So that one was good. I liked, uh... Mm, suspect name. title. Uh, oh, no, that's not the right one. I'm sorry. Not that one. See, this is what I'm saying. There's so many that I'm like, <laughs> which one is even... The Alpha's Warlock by Elliot okay. Grayson, which was about, like... Uh, werewolf shit and there was definitely some you know of the typical werewolf romance novel stuff in it that I was kind of like okay but the vibes of like arranged marriage sort of thing in order to avoid like a oh hey um, yo yeah yeah I know right but they're they're both secretly (laughs) in love with each other all the time you know yeah so that was fun um that's that's our jam here on shelf right I liked, um, I actually read two by Lily Morton from the same series, um, from the Black and Blue series. The first one is The Mysterious and Amazing Blue Billings, which is about a guy who inherits a haunted house and a guy who is magic and also gives ghost tours. And it was really fun. Um, And I liked both of the main characters in that. Um, I thought it was pretty well done. And then... This cover is very moody. (laughs) I know, right? Um, And then I liked Lauren Lust by Carla Nicole, um, which was a little bit too much in the um, I've got a vampire idea and I'm... Like, I've got so much uh, stuff to tell you about the world of these vampires. And I was like, all right, all right. Okay, I get it. You you know, your vampires are different. Um, but it, it was it was a fun time. A couple of vampires falling in love. Who doesn't love that? There you go. 
so yeah, and then there were, uh, uh, again, that's four of the 14. I'm not saying I just like hated the other 10, but those were definitely my top ones. There were some that I did hate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it with that. Um, awesome. Very cool. Very good. We read versions. <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, again, with my, my unproductivity brain, we're winging it. We're winging it this week, so... I will also say this is probably going to be an interesting one on my part because I did wake up super late today because Mm -hmm. I dropped my phone and broke it and so I don't have an alarm clock. Um, So I was kind of speed reading this one a little bit and I did sort of skip a lot of the plot in order to get to the romance stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a slow burn um, Mm. and that you have to wait till like halfway through the book till till they fuck, which, you know, whatever. Um, well, they, got, some they people, have a dream fuck in there, which is a that a, is true. You know, could save easy you. workaround. Yeah, yes. for, for any slow burn romance, just throw a dream fuck in there. <laughs> I did think there were some parts of this that were pretty skimmable, um, just because again, this was kind of like build to us, maybe not to other people, but build to us as as a romance. And so, yeah, there was a lot of like, okay, mm-hmm. you don't care about like the research just like fuck okay just love each other Um, yeah I think if I had gone into this being like oh this is a mystery or oh this is a like Lovecraft spinoff you know I would have been like ready for that but yeah I was kind of like but where's the kissing (laughs) need more romance on the page (laughs) um but yeah, I think this is a uh if you if you're also a romance reader, I think this is definitely like there's no cliffhanger happily f- happy for now ending, I guess, because mm-hmm. it is an ongoing series, but I think from the 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 little spoilers I peeped um on blurbs on the future books, I'm pretty sure they're whole, they're together the whole series, so you know, as it should be. Could be a standalone, but other books in the series probably not. Yeah. Um awesome. So, we have main character number 1 whose name is Percival uh, Wyborn, Dr. Percival Endicott Wyborn. Um, he is a comparative philologist. He can speak 13 languages and read a whole lot more. He's just very quiet, bookish. He's very interested in in um, his research, very passionate about it, and just kind of wants to be He's left alone. He's a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Awkward introvert. Um, for sure, doesn't really connect with a lot of people, including his own family. He's estranged from most of the people in his family, except his mother, who's the one that kind of like instilled this love of languages and research and stuff in him. Um, I will say I really liked how, um, and, you know, people might disagree on this one because I could see how this might also be annoying, mm-hmm. but I liked how um, the author Hawk made it very clear that, like, Percival's sort of... Uh, social anxieties were making him think that people saw him as less charming than he actually is yes I did too (laughs) I thought that was cute because you can see like as you go along the book like women are are like they're like the little secretary girl is attracted to him yes yes, yes, yes. he can be very intimidating when he wants to be he's just caught up in his in his own thoughts yes and I was like I can see how that might like be kind of annoying to some people like oh just you know you're so down on yourself but I was like no this is cute like I get it this feels correct to my life (laughs) yes exactly and also like the character like he's come he comes from this family where you know dude bros dude bro family and uh does doesn't respect his profession that sort of thing and like how that gets to you um and i thought it made for a nice sort of um contrast 
I guess with the, well not contrast but like it, the the way that the love interest is similar in that way where he can't see his own like yes. worth right because like, oh, he feels like two. he's a fraud yeah they both yeah. feel like frauds is the thing but in different ways so just just be frauds together oh, it was great it's, it's <laughs> so wonderful yes I really liked the two of them together yes. um and I of course there's a third act breakup um trying to decide if I was annoyed by it or not like the second he started snooping through the papers, I was like, boy, you're going to find something. Just stop. I was, I I was at the point of, I know we're skipping ahead. Yeah, I was at lot, the sorry. point of being annoyed with it, but I liked that he came to the realization himself yes. that like the snooping that he had done had like uh, led to, like the conclusions he'd drawn were not correct, right? Mm-hmm. That he was like, oh, but I forgot this info that I had. And like, so this doesn't make sense. So obviously like. Yeah, it was hurtful because of X, Y, Z thing, but, like, it's not insurmountable, right? Instead of it being, like, the love interest has to give him a big apology or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Which he does do the apology, but then he's like, no, I already figured this out. He's like, no, it was me, man. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it could have, it could have, it was, like, right on the It was a mature version of this Mm -hmm. scenario. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I liked it. Or, I guess. I'm I'm falling on, it didn't annoy me. I'm saying. Um... So yes, that's that's Percival. He's his he comes from train money. He's his family is big into trains. They own them. Uh, they're very so rich. many trains. <laughs> but because he defied his father's wishes and didn't go to business school and instead became a nerd, uh, his went father went to Miskatonic University. Yes, yes. One of the Lovecraft shoutouts in here. <laughs> I didn't know any of them. They all that until you said this was a Lovecraft <laughs> book. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fully a love. It truly book. is. They did tear a hole into the universe, and creepy things yeah. were coming out of it. And the the creepy thing that comes out the sug sug I can never remember. Ig- how it's, sug- yeah, sug- it's the one that starts with a Y and has sog yeah. in it. And it's like the father of Cthulhu or something. Oh so, I mean, damn! It's like, yeah, it's like a, a they big were fucking around monster. with shit. Yeah, they were. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So it's funny because I've never read a Lovecraft book, yeah, but I've read enough like Lovecraft reimaginings that I'm like, ah, yes, I'm picking up on this. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so he's he's cut off from his family's fortune, doesn't really associate with them, but he still has a very powerful name. Um, and so I think he, he's very self-conscious about it. Whatever. He goes to the library one day or museum. He goes to the museum one day and they're like. Dr. Wyborn, we have a new assignment for you. One of our um, sponsors has hired a detective to solve the murder of his son, the the sponsor's son, not the detective's son. Um, that would be wild. <laughs> too many, too many vague pronouns. My, I'm sorry, my boy. Your son has died. I'm so sorry. I'll hire you to investigate you to his solve murder. It. <laughs> um and. At first, Wyborn is, like, mad because this is going to interrupt his precious research time. There's a gala coming up, and one of his colleagues, Christine, has found a mummy. And, you know, doing that cool thing where um, white people go and dig up graves of other Mm -hmm. cultures and bring them home. Uh, They did that. They did that, and they're having a gala to celebrate that fact. (laughs) I will say that was the other kind of, like, issue I had with this book, aside from the, like, homophobia in the world sort of thing. Um, was that w- especially once I realized it was a Lovecraft inspired piece, I was like, 
Oh, I feel like if you're gonna engage with Lovecraft, you need to be cognizant of the fact that he was a huge racist and maybe mm-hmm. do some like anti-racist work in your piece. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm pretty sure everyone in this book is white. Uh, it's never mentioned otherwise, yeah. And I feel like it would have been mentioned I think- otherwise because they're trying to keep it in the real world and they mention the fact that it's weird that Christine is a doctor that they would mention, you know, like if another one of the doctors was black or something. I think the, the biggest, um, like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Diversity we get is Mm -hmm. he pretends to be Irish at one point. Yeah. So I, I, okay. And I'm I'm not at all trying to be like, Oh, like let's cancel Jordan L. Hawk. Like not at all. I'm just saying that I think that it would be nice if you are engaging with a text that, has this very loaded history to uh, uh, do some some you know work against that in mm-hmm. your book, or uh, you know maybe like you said, be aware that <laughs> having a white woman go over to Egypt to take all their artifacts isn't the in best. In dead bodies, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, also, I feel like that's a slightly more recent thing in general yeah. of like pushback against that. Yeah. I mean, like in the archaeological community it isn't but like in kind of the more mainstream community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so i mean okay maybe you pass on that, that. It's yeah okay. like this is a real thing that would have been happening in the time period for certain right maybe Victorian like book 11 <laughs> book 11 they decide to go give back the artifact give it all back. I don't like, know. this was this actually turned out to be magical uh in a bad way so have it all back please <laughs> <laughs> so he meets with this detective whose name is Garrett Flaherty? Griffin. Griffin. Garrett. He pretends to be Garrett, doesn't he? Later on in the book. It's Griffin. You're right. I was like, the title of the series is Flyborn and Griffin. So oh, I hope me. it's yeah. Griffin. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Twist. In the second book on, he's with someone else. Um, it's very like, shattering. that, me. dude. <laughs> uh, yes, Griffin Flaherty. Um, and he is in ex Pinkerton who's from Kansas. Yay. Shout out Kansas. Woohoo. Uh, <laughs> another famo to add to your list along with Dorothy. Yes. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> doesn't it looks like we're not in Wittershins anymore, Toto or whatever. No, um, Terrible. <laughs> Griffin, Griffin has his own like, trauma that he's dealing with from his time in the Pinkertons bad shit happened but he's like hey Wyborn I need you to drop everything you're doing and translate this book and he gives him this like old thing that he's like Dr. Dr. Rice's son mailed this to him right before he was murdered so we think it might have something to do with the murder um Wyborn's like it's probably just some fucking diary this is such a waste of my time but (laughs) Griffin you're hot as hell Love it. Love this for me. Guess I'll do it. Um, and by love this, you mean actually hate this because I have suppressed any sort of homosexual urge. Yes. And the fact that it's coming up now is deeply upsetting to me. And I actually am incredibly uncomfortable every time I'm put in a situation with this hot, hot man. <laughs> yes, that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So they, um, he starts translating it and he realizes it's not a, um, it's not a, it's not a diary. It seems to be a grimoire of some sort, um, detailing like experiments and formula, formulas and different like instructions and recipes basically for doing magical things. Um, and they seem to be things that are accessible to 
the lay person to anybody like it doesn't you you as long as you have the ingredients to do things so that's cool around the same time we also have stuff start to go missing from the museum notably the zoology and paleontology departments like specimens are going missing that will come up later i was slightly confused as to why the specimens were taken from the museum like i why get couldn't they just have taken like a dog off the street uh-huh. yeah uh-huh yeah because it seems <laughs> like that would have been a lot easier i mean the twisted ones told us you know yeah. you can just find stuff to make golems or whatever like tires, you know yeah. laying about yeah um so like i don't know the zoo even probably would have been easier in terms of security i don't know it just seemed like i guess you'd have to kill those animals these were already dead so that's helpful but like i i don't know it seemed like a lot of work to i I guess if you really wanted specifically a crocodile monster (laughs) that might be hard to get but it just seems it seems like too much effort for what was happening here and it yeah. would have made sense if like someone at the museum was involved in the caper but they weren't yeah it seemed right? like everyone at the museum was like un- didn't know anything about it it was just like the wealthy founding families of this city yeah spoilers Which, <laughs> again maybe if it was like cuz again spoiler jumping ahead here addison is you know involved in it and addison is uh a benefactor of the museum and also the father of um, uh, Wyborn's yeah, dead best friend. Yeah, we should mention that, I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe. <laughs> Wyborn had a dead best friend. He was in love with him. They went to an island. They were trying to go to the island to investigate witchcraft, and it was like in the middle of a storm, and the dead best friend became the dead best friend that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was and, it was a Jack and Rose situation entirely, yeah. actually. <laughs> Except like... In the middle of a small lake or something. Yes. So that guy, Addison, is uh, Wyborn's godfather and also a patron of the museum. So the point I was trying to, and he's also involved in the stuff at the end. So the point I was trying to make was like, maybe if he was the one stealing it, it would kind of make sense because he's a patron of the museum. But then you would think he would just like buy the specimens or something. Just be like, I want them for my private collection and I give you so much money you need to give me this crocodile. I invested in this expedition. Give me my belongings, I guess. Give me... Give me a crocodile now. I my only thing I guess my only explanation is that because they are all so incredibly wealthy, it never occurred to them to do anything more basic than steal from a fucking museum. <laughs> what's what's the least fancy place we can think of? That nerd a museum. <laughs> uh, poor people go there. Yeah, it's free to the public, so it must be it must just be trash. <laughs> And then we also, like, people have been, like, digging up dead bodies, but no one's mm. been making a huge deal of that either. So, like, the the town's founder, Theron Blackburn, his tomb was broken into, like, a month ago, and his body was stolen, and the police don't have a lead, which we learn later on is because the police are being paid off to not mm. have a lead about this at all. But, um, yeah, so a lot of bodies have been going missing. And Flaherty's like, don't you think that's weird, Wyborn? And he's like, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I've never lived anywhere but here. So then Griffin is like, hey, Wyborn, come to come to the police department with me so that we can question the detective in charge of the murder investigation. And he's like, didn't you already do that? And Griffin's like, oh, let's just go do it again. Maybe you'll pick up on something. I didn't. Um, and we get there. And basically, we find out that Griffin was like, 
kind of using Wyborn for his last name to see if he could get any more information. And Wyborn gets really offended by this and storms off. Um, and Griffin's like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I won't do it again. But it kind of like starts to plant that seed in his mind of like, okay, he's mm. used me once for my name. Yeah. Um, what more? And I think at this point it's because like Griffin probably suspects him a little bit of the goings on. Um, but is quickly uh, dissuaded from that line of reasoning because he falls in love. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so then, um, like, weird stuff starts happening. Like, they, um, Wyborn at home feels like he hears, like, these weird noises and smells these bad smells. And, like, they they feel like they're kind of being followed um, after they leave the police station. So, like, definitely someone doesn't want them looking into what they're looking into. Very cool. We have a sex dream <laughs> that happens here also. Um, Very necessary if you aren't going to have your love interest kiss until halfway through. You got to have a sex you dream. You got to have a sex dream. Yeah. And it doesn't <laughs> even go that far. Like they're naked and they're like stroking, but they don't come to completion until because Wyborn wakes up. So Ugh, sad. Tease. Sad. <laughs> um after the sex dream like griffin comes to work unannounced to wyborn's office and then they find themselves on first name basis which is very like flustering except not first except name not. basis because wyborn hates his first name which is important both to the the uh relationship and to the, and to the plot, plot of this book yeah, yeah so he hates his name percival and that's fine but then so when they do eventually have sex griffin like <laughs> calls him ivil or if i don't know i don't know i, don't I know. <laughs> is that the latter half of percival because the latter half of percival would be evil mm-hmm. right which that's sounds like tribble which isn't good or evil um, a little bit or evil it could be evil but that sounds like evil and that's also not good or it could be evil which sounds like fivel which is also not good so like none of the options here are good uh <laughs> yeah yeah it was a, it was a choice and and wyborn's like what did you call me during sex and griffin like explains he's like well you don't like your name and it felt weird to yell out your last name so like i went yeah. with this I feel like if you, even if you just put the C in it, so like civil would kind of at least be civil. sort of civil, yeah. yeah, something. I don't know. Just starting with the I just doesn't work for me at all. Yeah, evolve maybe. Just no, give that's him a terrible. new name, I guess. <laughs> or call Go him with his middle name. Yeah, yeah. They say his middle name at one point. Just use that. Yeah. Like. <laughs> We're just P. Yo, P. What's up? <laughs> first 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 <laughs> purse baby uh, <laughs> i also feel like they he said it in a way that was like i hate my first name like he had a reason for it but, but it i don't didn't think come up in this book it didn't come up which you know maybe comes up in another book or maybe yeah. he just doesn't like his first name you know like yeah but as like- someone who also has a name that the first syllable works as a uh nickname and the last two souls do not. If someone called me Illy, Illy. I would be very upset. <laughs> Illy. <laughs> oh, that's all I'm calling you from now on. I'm sorry. Please do not start sorry, calling Illy. me Illy. <laughs> Illy. <laughs> Wyborn decides to, or is asked to officially become like a detective in this investigation to work alongside Griffin. And Wyborn's like, I don't really know what I can contribute to this 
partnership other than just reading this book you gave me to read, but sure, why not? So Griffin's like, great, we're going to break into a warehouse tonight. (laughs) (laughs) They do that. They go to this warehouse um, and they break in. They find um, a bunch of like science experiment stuff, like test tubes and and beakers and uh, dead animal carcasses, (laughs) human corpses. Nice. Yeah, really cool. Um, and they all perfect place for a first date. <laughs> Absolutely. It's hot as hell. Um, <laughs> Wyborn finds a book um, and he doesn't really have a chance to go through it. But on the cover is this image of a phoenix holding an or- Orboros, you know, that snake mm. that eats its own tail. I don't or or There's a lot of vowels on that one. Orboros. 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 Hungry snake. Taxon. Hungry, hungry we can call snake, him a taxon yeah. at this point, I think. Um, <laughs> they find that book and, um, Griffin seems to immediately know like, okay, this has to do with the brotherhood. What's the brotherhood? Can't talk about it now because guess what? There's explosion. Yeah. There's an explosion, um, of nasty half man, half crocodile. <laughs> he chases them around. Um, Griffin tries to shoot it and then tries to to attack it with his sword cane uh, and nice. then they just end up jumping out a window i think and running away <laughs> so now we have gross nasty abominations involved um this is something that wyborn notes that like there there are formulas recipe instructions to do this in the book um and they're called guardians and the Alec crocodile man's not the last one we're gonna see Yay. Yay. More friends for us. More friends. I love it. Love big, friendly friends with big teeth and weird bodies. Hey, listen. That describes me perfectly. Big teeth and weird, friendly body. <laughs> oh, sorry, Illy. Didn't mean to call you out like that. <laughs> hey, I, I don't have any problem being described as a big teeth and weird friendly body those are both great things Uh, they um they run back to griffin's house to um i guess like chill after after almost being eaten by this thing as one does as one does and griffin tells this story of his memory of um a time when the brotherhood almost got him so back when he was a Pinkerton, that's like the that's the FBI, right? When he was part of the that's FBI, like the pre-FBI, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was on a, I wanted to say mission, but I don't think they call them that. He was on a, he was on a case where yeah, I think that's probably they were looking for a missing girl, <laughs> and uh, they went to this basement of this house, um, and inside the basement, his uh, like his partner died. And it was really gruesome. And now he's too afraid to ever go into basements again. But also, he, like, he got kicked out of the Pinkertons because they're like, wow, you've gone mad, sir, because we didn't find any evidence of these horrific beings that you spoke of. So you're kicked out and also sending you to an asylum, which we find that out later. We don't get the whole tragic backstory just yet. But um, the important thing here is that Griffin has learned about the involvement of the Brotherhood of the Immortal fire which is basically a cult made up of very powerful wealthy men as seems to be the case most of the time um and their symbol is the phoenix and the 
<laughs> my confusion with this was, and maybe this is explained and I skimmed it, in which case apologies. Um, so is this cult specific to Wittershins or is it other places? That's because... the thing that, yeah, I don't know. It was started by Theron Blackburn. Spoilers. Right. <laughs> We're all over the place this episode. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I didn't do a good job. Um <laughs> Theron is the founder of the cult, and he died, like, 200 years ago, so I'm assuming it's, like, branched out since then. But, like, the main involvement is in Wittershins, yeah. Well, because at one point, the dad is like, I wanted you to go to Wittershins College so that you could become part of the cult that is situated at Wittershins College. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you didn't go to Wittershins College, it might have had a different name, but it's the college that's in Wittershins. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It also might have just been Wittershins College. Can't remember. Not going to look it up. Um, (laughs) Like, the fact that you didn't go to Wittershins College meant that you couldn't be in the cult, which I don't know if it's because he went to Miskatonic instead, and Miskatonic specifically doesn't have they don't the cult. Have cults. Or, yeah, which I feel like that can't be, right? It's a Lovecraft thing. There's probably cults there. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> They're just different cults. Just different cults. Um, the fact that he's like oh because you didn't go to this specific college makes me think that it was specific to this town so i'm like then why where was where why were they in this other place i don't know it that seemed weird to me that like i felt like it could have been explained as like like you said like theron blackburn uh joined this cult and like brought it to wittershins or something but i think he brought it to the u.s from europe but other than that like so maybe there's like the other people came from europe doing mm. the the brotherhood i don't or or they went to college in wittershins and then moved back to chicago i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> i think it's supposed to give us the sense of like it's a much bigger thing than it is but yeah. all of the action takes place in wittershins so like and all of the important members seem local to wittershins so i'm like yeah wittershins is they... right outside of salem massachusetts i don't think yeah. you mentioned that so that's kind of yeah. a big thing i guess <laughs> okay Now, this is the part of the book I remember better. (laughs) So the next day, um, Griffin and and I can never, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time remembering their names. The next day, Griffin and Wyborn go to the cemetery, Kings Hill Cemetery, where basically all of the the rich people of Wittershins, important people in Wittershins are buried. They have family tombs, whatever. Um, Crips, which is creepier. Um naturally and then bumping up against the cemetery is the Drakenwood, which is a big forest that's really easy to get lost in and like local legend has it that if you go into the woods then like you're not gonna make it back out because something's gonna grab you and eat you and nom, 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 nom. yeah out of towners go missing in it all the time and it's just one of those things like kids dare each other to go in there but they never like take it seriously because like they're not really gonna go in there because they know they're gonna die if they do so you know <laughs> kind of like an unspoken <laughs> agreement that this place fucking sucks and might be magical in some way um they want to go to the cemetery to kind of investigate blackburn's tomb to see if there's any more clues there about what could have um gone on when his body was stolen because they're starting to think like this is the the guardians coupled with like some of the information that griff that wyborn has read in this grimoire leads them to believe that perhaps someone is going to be trying to resurrect blackburn um at this point they don't know he's the founder they just think maybe he has some knowledge about more magic that they need but they're not really sure why so they go to there and um so as they're like looking around um there's some movement in the woods and 
Um, Griffin's like, someone's spying on us. Then he chases off into the Dragonwood. And Wyborn's like, God damn it, doesn't he know the tales? Why did he go in there? So Wyborn chases after him. Um, but then at some point gets a bunch of snow in his face and can't see Griffin anymore. And he, lo- he loses sight of him and he's alone in the woods. And Wyborn's like, damn it, I'm an indoors kid. What am I doing in the woods? I hate this. <laughs> Um, of all the woods to go to as an indoors kid, the creepy woods that eat people is surely the worst. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and as he's kind of bumbling around in the woods, he turns around and there's this hooded man just fucking watching him. Um, and Wyborn says something like he feels like this this individual that was watching him could see into his very soul. Very, like, creepy connection situation. Um if- Griffin wasn't already in the picture. I think, yeah. This, Do this I ship these two? This would have been shippable. <laughs> Apparently he's very hot, which makes him seem like I not mean, such a villain. <laughs> I mean, I feel like by the end, it's very clear that yeah. he tips from like hot villain to no, no good villain who like is a cannibal and yeah. uh, trying to destroy the world, which Eh, you know, could go either way in terms of of hot villainy, but in this instance, I was like, no, you're. This is this is not a good world destruction sort of thing. This isn't like I want the world to burn because of the things it's done to me. This was like I just eh, I wanted to live forever, and I'm salty that I didn't. So, so everyone like, has to die now. <laughs> um, so that wasn't so good. But like yeah. before we get to all that stuff, I was kind of like, I was kind of okay. feeling it when he was okay. like Wyborn was in the house, like undercover, and I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. Okay, all right. Griffin, all right. some competition. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but also now. Uh, <laughs> Griffin, like, runs up behind Wyborn. He's like, hey, what are you doing? And Griffin, no. Oh, my God. Wyborn turns around, and then when he looks back to see the, the creepy guy in the hood, that man has vanished. Um, dun, dun, dun. And Griffin's like, yeah, I lost the guy that I was chasing, so <laughs> oh for 2, I guess. <laughs> they just go home. Let's get out of these creepy woods. <laughs> Yes. So they go home, and that night, um, Wyborn is looking through the grimoire. It's called the Arcanorum, but that's harder to say than grimoire. He's looking through the grimoire, and he's reading, like, the spells for novices. And it's like, oh, um, all you need to have is the strength of will to do stuff. So um, Wyborn decides, I'm going to try the easiest spell in this grimoire. Um, the spell to like light a fire and it takes him a long time, but guess what guys, he can do it. He can do magic. Fun. Yeah. This was, I felt another interesting thing about this book was that it took a long time to get not only to the romance, to the paranormal stuff. Yeah. I kind of like that. Slow burn paranormal. (laughs) Yeah. Slow burn paranormal. (laughs) I was like, you know what? I, I've just mainlined a bunch of books in which immediately the main character comes on and is like, I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost werewolf and I'm here to fuck a vampire witch. And I'm like, you know what? This was refreshing. This is, yeah. It's like two normal dudes, but then all of a sudden they're not. To be eased into it. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to see in the series if like, if Wyborn goes further down this path of like, I can do magic now because the thing about the magic in this in this book and maybe in Lovecraftian stuff in general is it it calls to you and makes you want to do terrible things like you, it makes you want to do terrible things like you kind of succumb to the power of the magic right now that you have mm. this power you can imagine doing terrible things to people that are mean to you or or whatever and it, it becomes easy to do that because like you could 
turn their body inside out so the bones are on the outside. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this was a function of magic or just a function of, like, psychology. Of, like, yeah. he was like, hey, I could do this shit. Or if it was, like, the magic being like, ooh, do this shit. I think it kind of leaned towards the magic being, ooh, do this shit. But, like, I could also just see this as being, like, him being... Ice cream, delivery. ice cream delivery him being just a, a little susceptible to power corrupt sort of vibe yeah which, i mean he's been you know, bullied his whole life so yeah. i honestly at some points i was like do it fucking do it do dude. it do it light his ass on fire do it <laughs> i would love that for you this not the bar what was his name not barney it was basically the bully of the museum who um yeah. makes very like rude comments about wyborn all the time it just it's so Barnes, unnecessarily maybe? rude Bradley, like, Bradley, Bradley, yeah. It's like just fucking, just fucking punch him with magic. Like, <laughs> give him, a, give him a wedgie with your magic. Just like shut but him up. He eventually gets him to shut up by without magic That's by just true. being just being himself. more intimidating than by him. being tall and rich. Yeah, <laughs> one of the which founders is, of this whole city, which is basically like real magic. Yeah, Bradley, I have train money. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for my train money, Bradley. You'll rue the day that you cross the train tracks. So the next day, um, Wyborn is doing more research into the uh, Arcanorum, the Grimoire, whatever. Um, And he ends up staying. So he's doing some research late at night about the Grimoire, just like looking up books about ancient languages and all this shit because because that's why he's the only one that can translate them because they're in ancient dead languages and no one speaks anymore and he ends up being like one of the last people left in the whole museum and as he's leaving the library of the museum he trips over the dead body of one of the night guards dang it this dude is not just dead he's been like torn apart he's extra dead he's extra dad like something has been eaten this guy um, Wyborn panics and he's like, okay, it's fine though, because I can just sneak out of the museum and call the cops or whatever. Um, but as he's sneaking around, he runs into his friend and coworker, Dr. Christine Putnam. And she's like, what are you doing? What's going on? Why do you look so scared? And, um, Wyborn's like, oh, the, one of the night, scar- night guards is dead. And I think there's someone in, in this museum that's going to try and steal something. Um, because he doesn't want to tell Christine too much because, like, is she going to believe him? Probably not. So she's like, okay, well, did you get his gun? And Wyborn's like, no, I'm a useless person. I did not take the night watchman's gun. She's like, okay, follow me. I'll go get mine. Um, she goes back to her <laughs> office, <laughs> gets the gun, and she's like, all right, now that I've got my gun, I'm going to go stop these thieves. And Wyborn's like, no, 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 you can't um, because they are very dangerous thieves. And they have a dog with them. They have a dog with them. <laughs> Neglecting to mention that the dog is like a person. A crocodile dog. person dog. <laughs> <laughs> so Christine's like, don't be a loser. We have to save our research. Come on, you nerd. We have to save the <laughs> nerd like, stuff. She's right. I am a nerd, but I'm going to follow her because I'm a polite nerd. Can't let a woman do this by herself. <laughs> So <laughs> he trudges after her. They go to the um, gala exhibit or whatever that's all under wraps until the night of the gala. And um, Christine just like starts shooting 
And then the the thing turns around and it ends up being a guardian. And they're like, oh, holy shit. They flee. It's a, um, it's a hyena man. <laughs> I really wanted it to laugh at them. It, there was no laughter from this <laughs> hyena, unfortunately. Um, you know, that's one of my go-to moves in D&D is, as a DM is just do creepy laughter. So it's very effective. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, they run around the museum and they eventually like go and hide in a, in one of the storerooms and they, uh, there's some like little spears in there and Christine's like, all right, we're going to stab them. And Wyborn's like, no, we should think about this for like a second. Um, the hyena man can sniff them out. So their hiding place isn't very hidden for very long. And the hyena man like bursts through the door and, uh, Wyborn's like, okay, just wait for my signal. And, Wyborn says the says the magic spell and makes fire appear in the room to kind of like blind because it's pitch black. It's Victorian era. There's no electricity. Mm-hmm. It's all gas lamps. Um, he he does the magic spell to make fire so it kind of like blinds the hyena and then he's like now nah! and they stab him with spears and he dies. He turns into a pillar of salt. Magic. <laughs> Christine's like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> so now we have to bring Christine into it all, which I feel like is a good move yes. in general. Um, you know, whenever you're starting a new relationship, either with a hot dude or with a, you know, a paranormal hour, it's good to have an outsider's input mm-hmm. to make sure that you're not rushing into things. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this become, becomes kind of a big deal in Wittershins is the museum theft. And Wyborn, not at this point, I think it's later on in the book where he kind of becomes a hero to the people of Wittershins. Yeah, it's after, yeah. it's after the gala. Yeah, so, so they bring in a bunch of like new guards to protect the gala and, and everyone in the, in the de- detecting group kind of assumes like they're going to go after the mummy because the the mummy the thing about the mummy is it belonged to a very old powerful sorcerer who someone who was considered a sorcerer at the time and um they were so hated <laughs> that after death they attempted to strike this sorcerer's name from history removed removed the name from every written record that they could at the time like it is is pretty much a miracle that christine was able to find this tomb and anything about about this sorcerer at all a convenient way to include a mummy discovery in your book that does not line up with <laughs> right. historical records mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. rulers of egypt so um they yeah so they think that the brotherhood wants to resurrect this sorcerer because the sorcerer will contain some knowledge of immortality or resurrecting others just like super magical just super magical knowledge that's what they want so they're like okay the mummy is what they're going to try and steal they're probably going to try and steal it at the gala because there's going to be a lot of people in the exhibit we won't be able to watch everybody can't keep an eye on people slipping a mummy up their bustle when there's this many uh, folks at the gala, you know? Yes. Yeah. Or like dressing the mummy up in a tux and dancing, <laughs> waltzing out the front door. <laughs> I'm sorry, but my mummy, I mean, husband has had one too many. We must be gone. <laughs> How embarrassing to be drunk in public. 
Come, dear. <laughs> the fact that I didn't make the very obvious my mummy, I mean mommy mm. joke, uh, really a failure on my part. That's okay. I forgive you. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they basically decide, like, we cannot tell the director of the museum that we think someone is going to steal a mummy to do magic. So, like, it's on us. The three of us are going are gonna to put a stop to this. Cool. Wyburn continues to read in the grimoire, and he's reading um, this passage where we get the Yog Sothoth guy mentioned for mm-hmm. the first time, um, and and the implication that maybe we want to bring Yog Soth to our plane of existence. The connection is not made. I guess he thinks maybe they the mummy knows how to do that. I don't know. Um. The next thing that we do, I think, is we go undercover. Yes, we go undercover to the docks. Um, and Griffin pretends to be a an Irishman. This is kind of like his cover that he's had ever since he's come to Wittershins, which don't really know if we know how long he's been in Wittershins. Just that he's like a recent transplant. Yeah. Um, this is we learn from Griffin's backstory is that he grew up in Kansas. He was adopted. Um, and his adopted family were very loving and kept him until he was caught with another man. And then that family was like, you have to leave. So he joined the Pinkertons and he kind of, he learned how to be this more gentlemanly person by just like mimicking other people until it became true. So he became a Pinkerton and then that terrible thing happened to him in the basement and he went to an asylum um, and then the only reason he was let out of the asylum was because his adoptive dad, like, basically bailed him out. And then he and, and he and his mom, the dad and the mom, were able to help Griffin recuperate. So I'm going to go ahead and call it now uh-huh. that in one of these books, something comes up where it's like, oh, Griffin's birth parents aren't really dead and are also part of some crazy cult. They're because, werewolves. <laughs> yeah, because there was like a line in here about he's like, and they even let me keep my my birth name or whatever when I was adopted. Oh, and I was yeah. like, OK, that's going to be relevant at some point mm-hmm. in the future. Someone's going to show up and be like, someone's going to know of a the Griffin secret. Flaherty. Yeah, exactly. The vampire clan yeah. Flaherty. Yeah, exactly. No, Flaherty definitely Flaherty. sounds more werewolf than than vampire. I mean, I feel like that's a preconceived notion about what werewolves and vampires can be, but you know, that's go ahead. true. I guess. I'm sorry to all of the werewolves and vampires out there. I may have just insulted. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> you can be named Flaherty if you want. To. Yeah, yeah, you totally can. That's fine. I give you permission to be named that. Um, <laughs> so Griffin, disguised as a an Irish sailor, I don't know. For some reason, it's probably because we we're just talking about werewolves. I really thought that sentence was going to end. Setter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an Irish setter <laughs> who can talk and wears clothes. <laughs> Like, I read this book. I know that's not what happened. Why did that <laughs> pop into my head? They go down to the docks, and um, Griffin is going to talk to his um, informant, who happens to be a um, madam at this house of ill repute, in Wyborn's words. Um, and Wyborn is supposed to act a stooge and sit at a poker table and lose to these men that might be talking about 
because basically the logic here is that the rich people didn't dig up the graves. They hired people to dig the graves up for them. So like these are probably the people that dug up the graves. Listen out for information about that. But then like Wyborn sees Griffin go into a bedroom with a woman at a house of ill repute. And he's like, that dude is fucking another woman around me. Because also <laughs> Griffin didn't tell him that yes. this is what the plan was. Yeah. Like, Griffin's just like, come with me, just dude. like, Come with me and listen to these men and I'll be doing other things. And I'll and be then, busy. <laughs> and then everybody around him was like, oh, aren't you going to go fuck Rosa? Don't you just love fucking Rosa? And he's like, haha, yes, I do. I'm off to fuck Rosa. And then he went to go to Rosa's room and Wyborn was like, oh, guess he's fucking Rosa because that is what everything has led me to believe. <laughs> exactly. Wyborn gets very jealous. And in his fit of rage, he decides, guess what? I'm actually good at poker because I played my entire life. My mom taught me. Um, I'm going to completely clean these guys out, take all of their money, and then I'm just going to fucking bounce. Fuck Griffin. Fuck women. Actually, don't fuck women is the point. (laughs) (laughs) He leaves and as he leaves, he's like about to get mugged for all the money that he just has like in his pocket. Very visible. And Griffin shows up. Um, also, Wyborn's very drunk at this point. I forgot to mention he got really, really stinking drunk on some bad whiskey. Um, and so we get a cute scene where uh, Griffin gets to take um, Wyborn home and put him to bed and care for him as he's drunk. And Wyborn throws up on his shoes and he's very embarrassed about it. And there's also the, the classic thing of Wyborn being like, oh, I guess he doesn't really want me because I, you know, try, I made kissy faces at him and it didn't work. And the reader being like, of course, because he's a responsible person, he's not yes. going to make out with a drunk person. Like Exactly. Love that. Yes. Um, at this point, okay, so then the next day, no, he calls in sick that, that next day and then he goes into work the following day and um christine's like hey i know you're gay so that's the thing um why is i guess relieved because this is his friend didn't now he has someone he can talk to about his relationship woes um he doesn't hear from griffin for a couple days um but then after a while griffin like comes to the office and is like hey sorry sorry about me throwing up on your shoes and griffin's like hey sorry i didn't tell you the whole thing with the thing um, Rosa's my informant and she has been, and she told me, she gave me a name and a location. Let's go check it out. So I guess the information was that like some people have been herding cattle into a residential rundown part of town where their cattle have no reason to be and a large amount of them, but nobody like once the cattle are there, they kind of disappear. So they go to this rundown part of town and they kind of are inspecting this house. Um, And as they're looking around, Wyborn notices there's some like runes on the ground. And he's like, oh, no, this was a trap. Rosa set us up. Um, I knew I hated her. And then like (laughs) this trap door opens and a bunch of these guardian people, animal hybrids start pouring out of the floor and chasing them. And... Um, they're only able to escape because Wyborn can say the magic words to make fire and he fucking explodes this house because one of the gas lamps and fire makes explosion. Good. Yes. Yep. 
Then they go home to Griffin's house and fuck. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thus begins the romantic relationship halfway through the book. Finally. Slow burn. Yes. We loved it. And it um, continues to be a slow burn because then they, you know, are like, oh, you don't really, you only want me for my body sort of stuff. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. good old repress. Th- this is the nice thing about historicals is that because everybody's so repressed, you can be like, yeah, okay, it's fine that they're not talking about this like adults. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> they can't. They can't. They can't possibly. It is the love mm-hmm. which dare not speak its name, you know. <laughs> also, Wyburn's a virgin. Never even kissed anyone before. So he definitely doesn't know how to talk about this stuff or seem to want to. He just wants it to happen to him. Yeah. Which, Which fair. That's fair. understandable. Yeah. He also he, he also has associated in his mind that anytime he expresses affection towards a man, it will end in terrible death like it did with his best friend, uh, his yes. dead best friend. Yes. So that's also a thing. He blames a lot of the problems in his life on being gay. And Griffin kind of, as soon as Griffin meets him, kind of recognizes this quality in Wyborn that he's, like, very repressed about something. And um, Griffin being, like, attracted to that question of, like, what are you like when you let yourself go? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, a big thing for the two of them. Some sexy words are exchanged. Um we get some we get some scenes of domesticity where they kind of, like, talk about their relationship and each reassure the other, like, hey, no... I wanted this. I'm glad it happened. Let's continue doing it. Um, they have sex at work. Cool. Um, Wyborn. I, their na- I don't know why. Their names are so hard for me. It's literally on the top of the page. Literally at the top of the page. Literally, like, every page of the book. I don't. <laughs> Wyborn. Griffin. Great. Wyborn goes to talk to um, Dude Bro Bradley, who's the mean bully of the museum. Because Bradley knows about American history because of course he does he is that type of man's man who only studies American history at this point in time is like 100 years of history (laughs) it's not much it's not much to remember it's totally totally up this guy's alley I guess um Bradley is disgusting um makes some comments about how maybe Wyborn wants some advice on how to have sex with women against their will which is super awesome Bradley um and then and then Wyborn is like, no, I want to talk to you about the Theron, Theron Blackburn, the, the founder of our town. And like, do you know, is it true that he dabbled in the occult? And Bradley's like, of course you're interested in the occult, you idiot. No, it's you not dumb weirdo. true. But here's all the things he's been accused of. And it's all like all this occult stuff that the reader is like, okay, yes, no, he really did these things. Um, but essentially... Um, the story goes that he was killed or he died, um, but he left instructions behind for his for the Brotherhood to resurrect him after he died because immortality is like his favorite thing. But then this they did very much a Disney's cyrogenically frozen head sort of situation. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they um, the the cult didn't do it. Um, and the, the running theory seems to be because like the second in command is like, well, now I'm in charge. Why would I resurrect that asshole? <laughs> so now 200 years later, we're getting to the part where they're resurrecting this man who is obsessed with immortality. Cool. Nothing bad will probably happen. Also, we got some, I guess, like fut- uh, foreshadowing for character development for Wyborn. 
because he's all like, I'm so scared of Bradley. But then later on, he's like, fuck you, Bradley. You're my bitch. <laughs> Tell me where my boyfriend is right now. Right now or I'll kill you. <laughs> um, oh, Bradley also mentions that like it used to be back when Wittershins was first founded. It was built in such a way that like people could wander the streets to try and like find a pattern in the streets and the buildings and stuff. The image that the, the the hidden image that the town is like the old version of the town is based on is guess what? The Phoenix and the Ormrose taxon mm-hmm. who eats his own tail. Um <laughs> Again, I thought that sentence was gonna end with eats his own ass. Eats which... his own ass. <laughs> which also is true. <laughs> we also get like again more like scenes of domesticity where like Griffin and Wyborn are spending the night together at Griffin's house, and Griffin kind of has nightmares. Um, and we get to see Wyborn comforting him from his nightmares, which, like, you know, for someone who isn't good with words, I thought did an okay job. Yeah. Um, and you know I love that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Eat that up. Yum, 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 yum. Mm. Then we get to the gala. Um, guess what, guys? At the gala, the Brotherhood makes a move, and everyone's like, oh, they're going to go after the mummy. No, they were actually looking for just one piece of papyrus that had something written on it to do with immortality and performing a spell and shit. So everyone was wrong, and they were all focused on the mummy, except for Wyborn, who notices the theft of the scroll happening, and he goes and he chases down the thieves, including... Theron Blackburn, who is one of the thieves. Um, and he also, like, makes some, like, come on to um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Wyborn. He's like, you're really hot and I want to fuck you situation. Um, and, and Wyborn's like, what? Aren't... Me? You sure? <laughs> me? Who? I'm me? awkward. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> awkward, though. Oh, okay. Like, okay. me, though? You sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> so some hidden tunnels in the museum are revealed. Griffin ends up trying, or no, sorry, Wyborn ends up chasing them down into the hidden tunnels and he gets shot and they escape. And then Griffin's like, oh my God, and are, you're injured and like is very like touchy feely in public. And Christine's like, stop it, you two. You're gonna, you're gonna like go to jail or whatever. Um, and then everyone shows up and they're all like, oh, wh- oh, Wyborn, you're a hero. You've tried to save the museum's um reputation wonderful so happy you've done this you're the hero of Wittershins even though they still stole the scroll (laughs) it's a low bar in Wittershins yeah (laughs) so he becomes a little bit of a local hero for a while um and the next day he gets like the summons from his dad and he's like you will be coming to dinner um and he goes to dinner and we just get like this awkward family situation where like he goes and he talks to his mom and his mom is wonderful and lovely. And he tells the whole situation to her um, because she is like bedridden with some some vague illness. Victorian woman disease. Yeah. Wasting disease, perhaps. I don't know. Um, Hysteria. She's been dying for like 30 years ever since Wyborn <laughs> was born. I don't I don't know. Um and he, so he tells her the whole Extremely situation. Extremely long postpartum depression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm guessing something to do with, with, with giving birth because Griffin was, Wyborn was supposed to have a twin, um, but the twin died in, like a few hours after she was born. So something to do with that, perhaps. I don't know. Um, he tells, he tells his mom everything because TV wasn't invented and she's bored and he felt bad for her. Um, and she's like, wow, that sounds real dangerous. Be careful, son. Careful of them guardians. Don't let them eat you. 
Also, I want to meet your friend, Griffin, who I, wink, wink, know is definitely just a friend. Just your wink, friend, wink. your good, close friend, Griffin. Please bring him to dinner Sounds immediately. Hot. Is he hot? <laughs> bring him for Christmas. We don't get that scene. I do want that, though. Um, Hopefully that's in book two. <laughs> so um, then he sits through the awkward dinner with his dad and his brother, and he's like, feels very like, regressed back to when he was a kid and living in this awful house and this awful situation and his dad is just like don't do that shit again think of the family name which can like later on maybe be read as like the dad trying to show concern to the son he has never been able to connect with but also might just be like an asshole thing or could have been don't get involved in this stuff again because we're secretly in the brotherhood yeah and getting I don't want too you close to, to the truth get in our way yeah like yes. that's how i took it <laughs> yes yeah um, yeah, because we do find out that his family, his his father and brother are both inducted into this brotherhood, and he was like, people wanted him to join because he's very good with the languages and could have done all of the translating easily for them, but then, like, the other guy, the Dr. Rice's son who ended up dying was voted in instead. I don't know. Um, ends up being an okay thing that he's not, that he didn't go to the college, I guess. Um so then he goes back to Griffin's and he's like real sad about the whole situation with his family. So then they have sex and uh, the next morning Wyborn wakes up and he's like, I'm going to get a head start on the investigation. Let Griffin sleep in. And as he, as Griffin is sleeping in, Wyborn looks through his notes and written in the notes, Griffin has said, oh, hey, maybe this dude is a sodomite and uh, maybe I can use that to get information because I think he's a suspect and... Wyborn is like, hey, this is fucking rude as hell. Can't trust this guy. We get our third act I mean, breakup. There is some stuff because it's uh, he's a sodomite and I might use it for the investigation. There's some stuff that indicates that it was written after they met also of like, he doesn't seem like he's part of it, but, you know, he might have access to stuff or I might be able to use mm-hmm. him basically. So Wyborn's like, oh, man, he was just using me the whole time. That sucks. Yeah. So he confronts Griffin about it. And he's like, never talk to me or my son again. And <laughs> departs from the house. Sad. Um, some amount of time passes, like maybe a day or two. He gets word that Griffin has been arrested for the murder of Rosa. Which there was a scene where they went and Rosa Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Thing. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Rosa was murdered by a, by a guardian and, it, and Griffin was blamed for it. Um. And um, which is really weird because they Griffin, the the man, should not be tied to his fake identity as Garrett O'Flanagan or whatever his name was down at the docks. So um, Wyborn's like, well, I'll use my family name and go get him out of jail because, you know, even though I'm mad at him, I still love him, I guess. I can't let him be in jail for this. That's fucking awful. He goes down to jail and to realize that this man has already been released from prison um to go with um addison addison yes that's his name addison summersby who is the father of of dead best friend um and uh it's really weird because they're like well didn't you tell addison to come get griffin out of jail for you and wymore's like no must be cult shit (laughs) addison's in on it i think they're gonna try and resurrect dead best friend why didn't i see this sooner um, also, I didn't see it sooner either, so maybe I'm just as dumb as Wyborn. <laughs> I was really along for the ride with them on this one. Everything kind of surprised me. I was like, wow, it was kind of thrilling. Um, 
So then we go. So he goes back to talk to Bradley at the museum and he's like all imposing Wyborn. He's like, I need the maps from when the town was first founded and you're going to give them to me now and you're not going to ask any fucking questions. And Bradley's like, okay, sir, okay, please, yes. what else can I do please, for you? Take these Please maps. don't run me over with a train. Yeah, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never get aboard a train again. Just take these maps. Um, turns out Addison's house used to be the house of, of Theron Blackborn. So he's like, ah, oh, it's all coming together. The magic that we saw on the island when dead best friend became dead best friend was this shit that's going on right now. Ah, full circle. Go- Wait, we've solved it. Yes. So he goes to the estate, Addison's estate, and he pretends like he's in on it. He's like, why didn't you guys tell me that you were going to bring back dead best friend? I would have been 100% behind this the entire time. And they're all like, welcome to the fold, brother. Um, and, and there in Blackburn's like, hmm, you're hot. Let's be hot together. Yeah, let's have really thrilling conversation, the likes of which you've never had before and which entice you and delight you. Um, also, I'm very hot. I just smell like death. Does that, does that turn you <laughs> off? Is that a, <laughs> is that a, uh, uh, oh my God, deal breaker? <laughs> My brain, I swear, I, I hope I reboot like January 1st. Like I should just do like a hard reset of my entire brain. Um, <laughs> is that going to be a deal breaker if I smell like dead people? Uh, and Wyborn's like, I'm just here to save Griffin, <laughs> please. I just got to pretend I'm with these guys. So he joins them for this whole ritual and Blackburn is there and he calls. And there's a very cute scene where they go and Blackburn's like, look, here's your boyfriend who we're going to sacrifice. And he's like, ha, I never cared about him. He was just using me and now he I'm scorned. He was just using me and I hate him and I'm scorned and that's why I'm joining you. And Blackburn's like, yes, of course, I get it. And Griffin's like, what? Wyvern, how? Why? And then Wyvern's like, yes, Blackburn, call me Percy. <laughs> and like, like, ah, no, a signal. A signal that <laughs> this is all a ruse. Oh, uh, it was cute. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did enjoy that. I just like I like this whole part where like Wyvern kind of came into him to, into his own, and like I, he was just so confident, and it, it was all a mask. Like there are definitely scenes of him like he had to step out into the hallway and just like take some deep breaths because he was in <laughs> over his head, but he pulled it off well. Um, and I really enjoy this aspect. I would like to see more of that from him further on in the series, like as he grows as a character. So he goes, everyone is there. All the bigwigs of town. His dad is there. His stupid brother is there. Um, and he they, they do the ritual and there's a terror in the sky and things are coming through and they resurrect dead best friend. And we know at this point that the, the plan is for dead best friend to get resurrected so that he can be like a vessel that a vessel for Yogg's Yes. We fu- and then like this ritual happens and Percival kills dead best friend again in order so that Sagala can't have a body to inhabit. But yes. then it turns out like, oh, that's not how you close the gate. You have to do a sacrifice, right? Yes. Yes. So the gate is open and then Griffin, no, oh my God. The Wyborn uses his willpower to like send Leander's soul back into the void um, or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, why'd you do that? And they all start shooting at each other. Uh, Christine shows up with a shotgun and starts shooting people. And Blackburn's fighting. And they're like, why did you do this? Griffin is free. Everyone is fighting. And and Wyburn tells his father, like, oh, dummy, you didn't realize that. Mom like, would this hate was- this shit. Mom would hate this, number one. And also, you didn't realize that this was not, like, 
this was this was gonna be like world ending shit because yes. once you had the power of Yagbla in the body that you controlled, then uh, Blackburn was gonna use it to like destroy it to make everybody do whatever the fuck you wanted. Yes. Basically, yeah. This is bad news bears, and Dad is like, mm, I see your point. I super didn't realize that this would destroy the world. <laughs> I was bad. just trying to make your mom not sick anymore. That like, was really important to me as a man who cares about his wife not being sick. Yeah. And he does save Wyborn's life at one point, like shoots him when he's in, or shoots a guardian who's trying to attack him. <laughs> yeah, he shoots him, by, and that's how he saves his life. Um, <laughs> he shoots the other bullet out of him. Yeah. <laughs> so amidst all this fighting, Blackburn's like, you fool. Now you, there needs to be a sacrifice or the hole won't close and Young is going to come out and he doesn't have a vessel to contain him. He's going to destroy the world, you idiot. And Wyborn's like, well, it's got to be me. And I got to go run into the void. Yeah, he goes to run into the void. And Griffin's like, no, don't do it. Um, but then at the last minute, Blackburn tackles um, Wyborn. He's like, just, I'm just going to destroy the world. If I can't be immortal, everyone's going to die. Thanks for ruining my plan. Um, but then but then Blackburn falls into the void. And then it closes. And it's fine. Yay. They saved. Probably not. But... I'm sure the repercussions will not be noticed for another book or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and there's like kind of a resolution with his dad where his dad's like, you did good work um, and you should come home so we can all be a family again. And Whiteburn's like, no, dad, fuck off. You did some bad shit. People fucking died and the world <laughs> almost ended. This is not okay. And dad's like, all right, well, I guess I'll just donate money to the museum. See you later, kid. <laughs> And he's like, all right, little victories, I guess. Yeah. And then Griffin is like, hey, do you want to move in with me? I got this big house and you have a shitty apartment. And also we like each other a lot. We love each other. We should move in together. And he's like, okay. And they do that. The end. Great. Loved it. Fun times. Yeah. All right. So that's it for MLM, for MM, for Paranormal Romance. We did it. That's it for now. We did it. Um, You know, maybe we'll revisit some aspects of this genre later. But for now, that's it. Uh, next week Alas. we are going to be almost wrapping up the Animorphs with the final Animorphs Chronicles oh book my with the God, Chronicles. Guys, I can't wait for you to hear us talk about it because we already recorded that episode. So yes, it's good. Um, and then the week after that, we're starting a new unit. New we're unit. We're gonna start a new literary submitted unit soon, but not quite yet because it's time for Anna's new unit. Yes, which I might have accidentally spoiled. Oh my for God! I was so Anna. I was like I came up with this perfect unit idea. It's like she's never gonna see this coming because like honestly, who would like this is the stupidest thing I've thought of to read for this podcast. Um, and then like she's over at my house and we've been drinking and she's like, "What if we read?" this for the podcast i was like god fucking damn it that is exactly what i was gonna pick anyway when i was younger my mom randomly picked this book up for for me from a garage sale i had no idea um that there was a movie i didn't know it was a movie i was (laughs) i guess i was a dumb kid just like i'm a dumb adult i didn't know it was a movie so i read this book thinking it was merely just based off the board game um, I fucking love this book. I read it so many times. I thought it was so funny how there were different endings uh, to this story. Um, anyway, <laughs> I looked up the book. I was like, I want to read this for the podcast. I looked up this book. Uh, the paperback versions of this are selling on eBay for like 500 to $1,000. So I was oh like, okay, God. well, we probably won't be reading it for the podcast. But then, but then, you know who came through for me? Internet Archive. They had a copy, user uploaded copy of this book. 
wonder Sorry. what it is. What could it be? What could it be? Um, y'all, we are going to be reading a whole unit on novelizations of movies. And we are going to start <laughs> with a book I absolutely love. Did not even realize it was a movie. <laughs> even though the cover of the book says based off the movie. We're going to be reading Clue by Michael McDowell. It is available Fantastic. on Internet Archive. <laughs> I'm so excited. I hope it holds up. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Delight. A delightful whodunit based upon the famous board game. This should be interesting. I like the board game. I like the movie. But I generally don't like uh, mystery novels, which this sort of, I guess, is. Yeah. I don't know. But it's a tongue-in-cheek um, one. So like, That's true. That's true. You know. It's not a very serious mystery. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. I really hope this book holds up. I've had It's probably, it's probably rife with just offensive things, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Written in the 80s. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, so that'll be two weeks from now. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, also, this oh, yeah. this episode will be posting in the new year. So if I haven't done it already, I will be doing it very soon. We have hopefully announced already. We'll be announcing shortly. Or this is the announcement. 2022 Literary Slummer Reading Challenge brought to you by Anna and Illy of Shelf Aware Podcast. Oh, my God. Why? um (laughs) we decided on doing 22 books for the year 2022 um and we have included a list of prompts some big brain some not so big brain (laughs) some just just fun um so yeah be on the lookout for that go to our twitter i should have all the stuff posted there anna of the past anna now current anna me currently do that do that thing where you make the graphics and type up the information to give to people (laughs) i kind of i want to have like a story graph group um going because they have like kind of a fun way of doing reading challenges on there so if you um are looking for a website to document all of your reading um in your books or if you're looking to make a switch from goodreads because of their affiliation with amazon story graph highly recommend i'm loving it i used it all last year i will continue to be using it this year I'm trying to phase out Goodreads personally, but it's difficult. Um, anyway, fun. <laughs> In the meantime, um, if you have any books you would like for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because I know you're curious about the novelizations of movies, whether or not they can be good. I believe they can, but we shall see. We shall see. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. I think there's also Spotify reviews now. You can do that too. If you Ooh, listen to us on Spotify. Yes, I'm do that. Sure. I didn't. I'm pretty about sure to go give us five stars on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> um. In the words of Jordan L. Hawk, your father, I asked, weren't you an orphan? Yes. Sent to Kansas on the orphan train after my parents What died. the fuck is the orphan train? <laughs> I'm sure that has some sort of historical precedence, but it's just wild. Absolutely. I also feel like at this point I have to clarify I was not eating black licorice. It was mm-hmm. uh, strawberry licorice. 
that I received for Christmas. Um, soft and Chewy Wiley Wallaby Australian licorice. It's very I good. feel like I was going to use that as the stinger, and now I can't because we brought it up again. <laughs> so You're welcome. Hope that, hope that one of us says something funny and not very pertinent to what's going on at some point later <laughs> that I can cut out. Um, uh, 